0: This is your morning routine. Listen, respect to my name, Cap and Jay Hood. That's right, that's right, we're bad, huh? Uh, uh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN One Thousand Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM One Hundred Point Three HD Two and on ESPN One Thousand Chicago. Now, no, no. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning,
1: everyone.
0: Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo bring Welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with Courtney Cronin for Cap. I'm Jay Hood with open phone lines for you. 312-332-ESPN 332-3776 is our telephone number. We got Shay, we got Jack, we got you on a football Friday. So glad that you are with us. And Courtney, so glad to have you because here we are. It's down to the final four. This has been so much fun and such a ride and some unpredictability. There's not one favorite and I think that's even better for us as football fans that you might uh, look at Vegas as some favorites, but I think that this is going to be wide open here this weekend. It's going to be fun.
2: I'm excited. I I could have done without the Chiefs in the Final Four. I really was hoping that Buffalo would have been able to, I don't know, hit a... I'm not going to call it a chip shot because it was a 44-yarder and Patrick Mahomes probably would have gone down and ripped their throats out. And that's sure. fine. It's fine. But I like the rest of the field. I'm rooting for the Ravens. I'm rooting for the Lions. But honestly... Any combination of these games is going to give you a great Super Bowl. I think
0: so, too. Um, and so we're going to start there this morning talking about who, who you're rooting for. You in Chicago. You, the Chicago Bears fan. You, the football fan. It's going to be Kansas City and Baltimore, the early game at 2 o'clock. And Detroit and San Francisco is going to be at 5.30. I will just tell you, Courtney, from my standpoint, I don't have, like, this NFC North pride. Look at that guy. He's a conference guy or he is a division (laughs) guy. You know, when we were kids, you know, back in the day, you know, when the Bears did win a a division, you got, like, the NFC, like, division flag, the championship flag, the pennant. Mm -hmm. You used to wave that when the pennants were a thing back then when you had division pride. I don't have division pride. But what I look at is, is that, the Lions are representing the NFC North, and we saw the Packers and Lions both in the playoffs. And as a Bears fan, I believe that that pushes, puts pressure on those at House Hall. If Poles and Warren don't feel like they have a little pressure on them, knowing that two teams in the division, in the playoffs, and they're not, then they don't have a pulse. I think that this puts pressure on them to understand, okay, it's go time. Three wins to seven wins. We have to do whatever it takes, move heaven and earth to be able to get to the playoffs again because Detroit, Moribund franchise, could get out of their own way, haven't been in this spot since 1991. And then it's the Bears still doing what the Bears do. I think that for me, I'm rooting for the Lions because the Bears need to be able to wake up and say, "Okay, we need to get this right."
2: It's a good measuring stick. I was rooting for a Packers Lions NFC Championship. I love interdivision NFC championships. I remember going to the one in 2010 between the Packers and the Bears uh, at Soldier Field, and there's a different energy that's brought to it when it feels personal when yes. it's in your divisional when it's in your division you face this team already two other times during the year but it for bears fans looking at this game Wondering what it means for your team, for the construction of your team going forward, what it means for the pressure and what the priorities are going to be in the 2024 offseason. You should want the Lions to win the Super Bowl. You should want them to get there. You should want this to be an incredibly competitive game where they take down the one seed in the division because then that'll show you okay, here's the blueprint. I think we already have the blueprint. Mm-hmm. Like when we take a look at this draft, that the draft classes, the last three that Brad Holmes and his staff have put together. that's a masterclass in how to do it and how to build to get to a point where you are a competitive team where you run away with the division and lock it up by what week 16 week 15 that should put pressure then on the Chicago Bears on the Minnesota Vikings even on the Green Bay Packers even though they're in the playoffs but to get to the new gold standard in your division and Though know, the whole division pride thing, my brother and I were talking about that last week. Like, should we be NFC North fans this week? I don't know, it just didn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> no, it does not. As <laughs> Jay was saying, it's like the Rob Lowe wearing the NFL shield hat. Just yes. like you're just an NFL fan, just an NFC North fan from here on out. And I can get behind that not just because the Lions have a great story and because they are a lovable team at this point. Like they're not The hated ones, like the Chiefs, where even on a quote-unquote down year, they can still get into the AFC championship game. The Lions built towards this. So if you're a Bears fan watching this game, you think, hey, two years from now, can we be in this spot? Can we be the new gold standard? And you know their whole plan to take the North and never give it back. Can they actually get there? Because there's another team in your division who at one point – you know, was considering firing their head coach. I think if you're a Bears fan and you're looking at this on the bright side, the glass half full, you're thinking, all right. Well, there was that piece. Sheila Fordham uh, talked about it this past week about not pulling the plug on the regime after two years, after it looked like it wasn't going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the trajectory that the Bears follow with Matt Eberflus, and that you hope that year three can be like the Lions' year three and start to turn the tide to where, hey at one point the Bears can be in the spot.
0: There there was a time where I can look at uh, games like this or weekends like this and say I don't have a dog in the hunt. It's not one of my teams. I'm just going to be over here being able to enjoy football and I have a rooting interest. It's one of the few times, Courtney, where I can look at this game with the Lions and the 49ers and go, I actually do have a rooting interest. I actually do have skin in the game because the Lions are in the division that I follow on a regular mm-hmm. basis. I want Poles to be able to eat his words or to be able to walk down you know, State Street and say, I told you so. I want it to be one or the other. I, the, the boldest statement that he's ever made since he's been here is this whole thing as uh, we we want to take the north and never give it back. That that blew me away for him to say that initially. It's a great goal internally. But when you say it uh, like in front of open microphones, we're going to take the north and never give Do you know the history of the Bears? How often have you been able to take the north and never give it back? 80s? A little bit of Lovey Smith? Not very often. And so that's why I thought, wow, bold statement. That means that he's here for business. But you can't be here for business when you level the franchise the way the Bears did. They tanked on purpose to be able to get to where they are right now with seven wins. And I just think that when you look at this Lions team, the way they're built, you know, we talk all the time. You're around the horn talking about, you know, the topics about America's team. Why can't that be Detroit based on how they were built brick by brick? This is an unwatchable team and an unwatchable franchise for a long time. And then to get to this point in time here on the precipice again of the Super Bowl, if they could get past San Francisco, there is an American story right there. American football story from nothing to where they are right now. And the thing I look at, Courtney, is that no matter what happens on Sunday, the Lions and their success seems sustainable to me. Mm -hmm. Like they'll be back there again in the playoffs. So. Just when the uh, the Bears thought, you know, if we, could just, if we could just beat the Packers, then we could be able to be a better franchise. No, you have two teams, two and a half teams with the Vikings to be able to get to where you want to be on a regular basis.
2: And it's the way that they built. I mean, this is not starting with Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. This is starting with the previous regime, all the way back to like the Bob Quinn days to Matt Patricia. Yeah. Like I've always said this about their offensive line. This is a master class in how to do it. Taylor Decker was drafted 2016. Like, you're spending high draft capital on the most important position to protect your most important asset, which is your quarterback. They did that over a lot of years, and it took a lot of losses to get to this point where the winning finally happened. When you had your foundation in place, it wasn't an overnight success. Now... As a Bears fan, you hear that and you're probably thinking, how many more years do we have to wait to get there? How many more years of 7 and 10 of, you know, you hopefully never have to have another 3 and 14 season because then you're probably starting over and that sets the clock back even further. Yeah. But what I love about this Lions roster, as a, as someone now in the fan seat getting to watch it... yeah. What superstar do they have? I mean, I'm I'm being serious about that. Yeah, I know Aiden Hutchinson was a terrific draft pick and has had a good season for his... For his standards, I mean, obviously you wish the sack numbers, he probably does, wishes they were more consistent throughout the year. But what big-name, superstar sort of player do they have on that roster? That roster is draft picks, Mm -hmm. smart free agent acquisitions, and a quarterback who was a cast-off somewhere else but had the experience, the Super Bowl experience. I remember going on Get Up this summer, and we were doing a segment on, you know, you recycle segments in the summertime. Sure. Which which NFC North quarterback do you want in the fourth quarter of a of a winner take all situation? You got two. It's a two minute drill, and I said Jared Goff, and a lot of people laughed at me. I remember some people on Bears Twitter. I won't name you by name, but clip that thing because there were two other Harry Douglas, who's my colleague at ESPN Radio. Yeah, he picked Justin Fields. Someone else picked Jordan Love. I picked the guy who's done it before in Mm -hmm. Jared Goff. I picked the guy with the Super Bowl experience. I didn't pick the flashy quarterback, the one that we were thinking on expectation alone, which is the Justin Fields part or the athleticism and hoping that Jordan Love would be able to to take the torch from Aaron Rodgers, which he did in his third season. But I went on the guy who's done it before, who has more playoff experience than any other quarterback right now outside of Patrick Mahomes at this level like that's what i went on and i think that that's the model that the bears can follow if they can start to get all of the other pieces right and what you're seeing with their roster building philosophy is not going after the outside of like montez sweat dj moore like they're also building through the draft ryan mm-hmm. poles has a penchant for doing that a penchant for trading back for making the draft the lifeblood of your franchise and that's what Detroit did. That's the model that they followed, and it took a lot of years to get there. But you're starting to see the fruits of your labor, and that's not just for NFC North fans. I think that's for like a lot of teams that think their team – Either it's like on the cusp of getting over the hump, or has like one or two more years to get there. Like that's the model you should be following.
0: The the blue collar model of you don't necessarily have to have these, you know, five star Mm -hmm. big time stars. The reason why that they were laughing at you, Courtney, is because uh, no one believes in Jared Goff. They thought that his success was just something that was a one off. It was luck or whatever. It was a
2: product of the offense that he was in with Sean McVay. But it's it's skill also. Mm -hmm.
0: It's execution. And so isn't that what it comes down to in the NFL? Skill, execution, draft picks, free agency, smart front office. I mean, I think that that's the five to one of the five tools that you can look at in the NFL for success. The reason why they said, they said oh, Courtney, not Jared Goff, is because there's no controversy around Jared Goff.
2: There's, he doesn't do anything, he's not sexy. He no. doesn't do, have a have a sexy part of his game. Right. But he gets it done. Yes. He can still throw for a lot of yards, which some other quarterbacks can't do. He's not a system quarterback, but in the right system he can thrive. I've always felt that. I don't like that label that people put on him as system quarterbacks. Because you don't get to two soup you don't get to a Super Bowl with Los Angeles. Yes, I know their defense was terrific. Sean McVay was you know, is one of the greatest minds of our era of football, and he had some really good weapons around him. But he was still a part of that. Like, if you don't have the quarterback position right, everything comes crumbling down. They got it right with him. The guy was the first round, first overall pick for a reason. And to watch what he's done in Detroit. Like I you know, watching that whole Dan Campbell thing, what was it, the divisional playoff or the wild card round when yeah. they when they won. He's like, You're good enough for Detroit. Like damn right you are. You're yeah. good enough for a lot of teams.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know what he meant by that because they just think, well, Detroit's a team under your shoe all these years, mm-hmm. but you're good enough for us though. You may not be good enough for your previous employer, but you're good enough for us. I've always said this, Courtney. I've always said this. There's two things. You can't pick your parents and you can't pick the system that you're in. You, you, mm-hmm. I've always said that, you know, the system that you're in offensively, that you can't pick it. And, and let's we should um, pull that back a little bit and talk a little bit about systems. So that is something that on the shows that you're on and Get Up and all the other shows that we see, when we hear the phrase system quarterback, every quarterback is in a system. All the quarterbacks are in a system. Now, some are sexier than others. Uh, some systems get you down the field quicker because of big play action plays and get down the field some are meat and potatoes and they run the football but they're all systems i I find that fascinating that we can look at uh brock purdy or jared goff or cj stroud and say well yeah they're the product of the system Mm -hmm. you see they're all systems (laughs) <laughs> They're all systems. It all depends on how you flourish in those systems. So it doesn't matter what it looks like. It's about production. And, uh, and we talk about the production of the Bears in that same way, right? The, the Bears offense looks like the Miami offense to me. It looks like the Green Bay Packers offense to me based on the system that they run. It's kind of all the same. A lot of copycat around the league, as you well know. But if you don't flourish in those systems, it's not that the system sucks. That means that you've got to really look at your personnel. And you're coaching and be able to get there, you know. And so it's funny that you mentioned golf because there is this exchange with a reporter uh, uh, says the 49ers have more talent. Listen to this. You
1: guys got a lot of got a lot of really good players, obviously, but maybe. Oh, thank you. you. I said, thank you. You Maybe that viewed though, as the superstars, like
0: the 49ers. All right. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I love that? that. (laughs) <laughs> 49ers have more talent. Really? So what do the Lions have? Do you think they just have just a bunch of just cast-offs and they just piecemeal this team together to be at a championship level? Oh, it's funny how the perception is of that, right? Because of Mike Shanahan versus Dan Campbell, mm-hmm. the way the 49ers are always this model, shiny franchise uh, in the Bay Area versus the grit and grind of the Lions. Funny how that perception is, isn't
2: it? And. In- Look at what happened with all that talent that they had. One player goes out for San Francisco last week, and they didn't know how to act. Like, they lose Debo Samuel, and they're running using a wide receiver who's not meant to be in the backfield on a third-and-one situation. They're like, huh, I wonder why that didn't work. Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy's off-target percentage last week was such an anomaly compared to other games this season, minus those, I think it was like the obviously the three that they lost when he was hurt and all of that, when Christian McCaffrey wasn't on the field, when Debo wasn't on the field previously. But this was... It was such a stark contrast to what we normally see from him mm-hmm. in that system. And I don't know if Jared Goff, like let's say if Amon Ross St. Brown wasn't playing, if Sam Laporta wasn't playing, would we be giving him that same sort of pass that we gave to a Brock Party? Oh, well, Debo Samuel wasn't out there. Like, look at like how the offense like struggled. No, I don't think you would. I think that the blame would go on the quarterback in that situation, which isn't fair. But the talent that the Lions have, yes, the ball, and this is such a cliche, they spread the ball around really well. Sure, Monra St. Brown was a top three receiver in terms of yards, in terms of catches this year. Sam Laporta was a terrific addition as a rookie. Jameer Gibbs, that fourth quarter touchdown to make it a one score, it was a... Before they, before they, I forget who scored the, the second touchdown for them, but it was that fourth quarter touchdown that he had, like that compliment with David Montgomery in the backfield. Yes. That's a balanced backfield. Mm-hmm. You have two, two running backs who have similar, but different rushing styles who you can get a lot of production out of. And then all of the other pieces that they have sprinkled in. It's not just Jamison Williams, who was a first round pick who's like lighting it up for them. I mean, they have other guys who have made significant contributions this year. And it doesn't feel like it's the one star player like a Christian McCaffrey that you lean on. They don't have that go to guy. Mm-hmm. Because they've got a lot of go to guys. Yes. And that's that's the model that you should build. I mean, if you take a look at where the Bears are right now, that's DJ Moore. Like they they would more and I'm not at all putting them, They don't twist my words here. Like this is they more resemble that San Francisco model where you have the go to guy yes. than all of the other people that you can trust. Yes, and I mean it's it's,
0: it's DJ Moore a bust in, in this offense. What's up? It's DJ Moore or a or bust, bust in this offense. Yeah, come
2: you could throw in there too. that's yeah. totally fine. He can be the George Kittle of this example. But um that's I mean that's why Detroit's so successful because they're not the offense doesn't run through one player and that's why I think it's so hard for a lot of teams to defend.
0: So uh, I would I mention uh, the Packers as well. It's funny you were talking about the Lions. The Packers are in that same way, isn't it? Think about Jordan Love uh, over on the side watching Aaron Rodgers, the backup to Rodgers, and and Jordan Love is the quarterback for this football team. Okay, so what's necessarily sexy about them? It's just about the offense is able to click. There is not a quarterback questioning Matt LaFleur at every turn because Aaron Rodgers has the skins on the wall to be able to say, you know what, I see this, but I'd rather do this, or I'm going to audible out of this because I see something that you don't see. He has every right to do that, but when you keep hitting that glass ceiling, Courtney, of not being able to get over the hump and not get to the Super Bowl, then you question what's going on between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. Jordan loves here. He's like, I'm just happy to be here. What do you, what do you need me to do? Look how uh, free-flowing that offense was. The way they ran the football with Aaron Jones. The way they were able to get to their wide receivers of Dobbs and Bo Melton. The, the no-name offense. Mm-hmm. But look where they got to. Yeah, so, so I think that it's interesting that we're talking about the formula because these guys that are Productive are not necessarily big names, but they work within the team element. And that's both why both of the football. That's
2: why they had a different receiver leading the team and receiving since no since what, week thirteen, week fourteen. They threw the stat up on the broadcast last week and I had to think back to that to when the Bears played them week one to then like look at like the numbers from like early September all the way through week eighteen. And it's Tucker Craft. It's Dontavian Wicks. It's names that you just didn't hear of before that team got a national platform in the playoffs for like being introduced to the rest of the NFL if you're not in the NFC North. Right. And even even that game that we were up there for in Week 18 when Dontavian Wicks torched that secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are probably wondering, who the hell's that guy? And, and that's a good spot to be in if you can have the who the hell's that guy the you know, hurting your opponent because that shows you that the skill level doesn't necessarily have to have a drop off from your quote unquote stars or like your number one in an offense through somebody who may have gotten called up from the practice squad, somebody who may have waited had to wait until late in the season to finally get their opportunity.
0: Well those are system players you see system players everyone's in a system well that's my whole point that's my that's the that's the top margin of my thesis Mm -hmm. is that everyone's in a system is what you do in that system so it's interesting about rooting interest because many bears fans listening to the show this morning as they always do here on cap and jay hood with courtney in for cap are always trying to figure out how the bears can get better and what are you going to do for about the chicago bears as far as the draft and free agency okay so In this situation, one of the rare times for me as a football fan is that I actually do have rooting interest. Me, I'm usually just watching these games and kind of admiring teams like Kansas City, Baltimore, Detroit, and San Francisco. But I have a rooting interest in Detroit being able to get this done because I want the Bears to see what it looks like when you get to the top in this division. Chris Black was on Black and Abdallah yesterday. Chris says that he had a rooting interest in Packers against 49ers. Listen,
2: I'd be rooting for anybody in this spot against the 49ers because I have bet the 49ers. That's fair. Like, I I wasn't uh, watching the game uh, last week rooting against the Packers. Like, I don't care.
0: I actually wanted the Packers to win that game because I like that story and I like that it's a young team that's developed. And I think Matt LaFleur is fantastic as a coach. Mm-hmm. So. I, I can't hate the brand of football. They play a, an appealing brand of football. Yeah. And so I was kind of loosely rooting for them to win against 49ers. I, I agree with him. And even as a, if as a Bears fan, if you have a problem with that, hold your nose and watch the games. That, that's what I always say. Because, Courtney, how else will you know how a team is built or how success happens if you don't watch the other teams? I say this all the time. I feel like there's a section of our audience that watches the Bears and goes... At three twenty-five, goes, honey. What else do we do today? Bears are off. What about the other games? What about the other teams? How can you determine how do you get to the mountaintop in the National Football League just watching Bears football? You can't learn anything there. You don't learn in a
2: vacuum, regardless. <laughs> I don't think in any aspect of life that you learn just from like what's in front of you, broadening your horizons to see the teams you're going to, especially with the teams you go against two times a year. Yes, that should be. Like the measuring stick, and I know I've said that a couple times, but like I can't overstate that. It it has to be okay. We face these guys. I've got to see Jared Goff. I've got to see Jordan Love. I've got to see Kirk Cousins. I would assume, sure, uh, going forward. Um, Sure, I've got to see these guys two times a year. How do you beat the same guy two times a year to be able to you face the same quarterback six times out of your seventeen opponents? How do you do that? And it's by seeing what those teams do well, seeing what those teams' draft strategies are, how active of players they are in free agency, and also how aggressive they are, how not aggressive they are. Like, when do they sit back? When do they – you know, when are they willing to pounce on, on opportunities, whether it's coaching staffs? Like, I'll, I'll give – I mean, Green Bay when they landed Matt Lafleur, I know it felt like such an anomaly. Like, man, this guy got here already, and he's already winning. Has he had a losing season? Has he had a record below 500? No, he hasn't. And that's something that just feels not completely attainable. To like, that's not like the the norm. That's yes. more of the outlier. But the Dan Campbell example. And I wanted like, did you see Lewis Riddick's tweet on this yesterday? I thought it was so spot on. And I know that like, you know. Dan Campbell gets this like the, or rather the idea that's out there you got to have your quarterback guru you got to have somebody who's from the Shanahan tree to have a successful team to be as a head you know as a head coach and his thing was that Campbell's never been a primary play caller that has been like oh man look at this offensive genius like this guy's a guru the word that we throw around yes. um and a lot of people didn't take him seriously for what he said in the opening press conference in 2021 and you can understand it just felt like meat-headed football guy, Yes, and people didn't want to buy into that because we were all trending towards, man, high-flying offenses, go and be a version of Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay, and then the trickle-down effect, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, um, soon-to-be Bobby Slowick somewhere if he gets the commander's job or whatever it is, but it's having a philosophy that you can stand on that when things suck and things are really bad and the times are tough, that you can still believe in that philosophy. Now, do the Bears have that? They hope they do now with Shane Waldron cuz before they didn't know. With the last offensive staff they didn't know cuz they were trying it out for the first time. Now you hope that what you what you started to see defensively from week 9 onwards, what you believe that you're bringing in with Shane Waldron, mm-hmm. regardless of who the quarterback is, that that's something that's a solid foundation so where you're the system, you're not having to switch systems because players can't succeed when you're asking them to be in a different system. Every two to three years. Yes. So once you get that part right, which is what Detroit did with Dan Campbell, who he's not dumb. He's not like it's just this meathead, like, all oh, football guy, right. et cetera, et cetera. He's putting smarter people around him in yeah. these positions, whether it's somebody trust who is, he's been willing to give the benefit of the doubt to. And Aaron Glenn, whose defense has been a roller coaster this year. They've had moments where they've peaked. They've had moments that we saw where they got annihilated by, by the Green Bay Packers on Christmas Day. And then Ben Johnson. Empowering him to run the offense to the best, like to, to best suit his his skill players, to best suit his quarterback, the system. Yes, like stepping out of the way sometimes, being that CEO style head coach, and not having to be the just guru genius that everybody's bowing down to, and we're all saying, "Oh, we got to replicate that system, we got to replicate that sort of expertise." That's why it's working. They did it their own way in that respect, where they weren't trying to follow the models of, like, these other high-powered offenses in the NFL. They got there in their own way because of their philosophy well, and because of how Dan Campbell allowed that to happen.
0: As I recall, the first time that uh, the Lions had their coaching staff, everyone was a former player, and that was rare. We haven't mm-hmm. seen that in the National Football League before. We're like all former players were coordinators or assistants on that team and we thought that that was odd that's just a different way of going about business but look at as you mentioned the coaching staff around the lions and look at how that uh, those coaches match the personnel with the lions are able to execute again it is good to be able to oversee the operation not just be an offensive guy not just be a defensive guy but someone that could be able to just oversee the operation and be able to you know put their hands in everything to make sure that everything is at the same level, the mm-hmm. same uh, feeling. And so I, I, I think about what Bleck was saying last night on Bleck and Abdallah, talking about uh, rooting for the Packers. And it's kind of where the direction that we're going to go this morning, Courtney, at 312 332, ESPN three three two three seven seven six. 3776. So Bleck said that he rooted for the Packers last week. Is it okay to root for a division rival? Uh, will you root for the Lions on Sunday? Now, I, I am doing that because I want the Bears to see what this looks like, whether it's a win or a loss for Detroit. I'm sure that the Bears are looking at this and saying, oh, man, we know we got to take care of our business anyway, no matter if there was two teams from the NFC North in the playoffs. But I just think it adds pressure a little bit more to say, Hey, I want us to be there at some point. We got to get there. Now I know that Kevin Warren will tell the press and everyone else that the Bears are in the right track, and he'll give you examples of Minnesota and St. Louis until the cows come home. Uh, I don't think I see Dick Vermeil on the sidelines though for the Bears. I don't think that we see him there. I don't think that we see some of the great players from the Rams, uh, the world, you know, the world's greatest show on turf on that Bears team. They don't have that same personnel. They don't even have Minnesota's personnel that, uh, that Warren kept referring to. The Bears have a lot of work to do, as you well know, Courtney. And I, and I will just say, since the Bears are not there, I'm with the Lions. I'm going to root for them. And as, again, I'm not a Lions fan. I'm a Bears fan. But I want the Bears to be able to take a good, hard look at the teams that we've seen in the playoffs, Detroit and Green Bay, and say, okay, how can we get there? And what you just pointed out is, is true. If you are turning your team over and you're coaching staff over every two or three years, you get what you deserve because it's inconsistency. Mm-hmm. That means that you're not going to be on the precipice of the playoffs every year when you make changes. I get that. Even though I'm a guy that thought with all these coaches that are available, the Bears did not upgrade at head coach. Okay. So you're going to stand ten toes down with Matty Refluce as the head coach because the defense got some better? All right. I just need to know that moving forward, Iberflux is going to be the guy and that whatever the plan is, is that they can be able to go from seven wins to the playoffs next year. This is what the decision that they've made. They're not going to change head coaches. Okay, great. But you better win because that's what matters in this city.
2: You hope that it's the Dan Campbell model then because they stood by him after two years where it didn't look like things were necessarily going in the right direction. And, of course, Last season, 2022 season. I mean, what they start out 0 and 6, 1 yep. and 6. Yep. Um, they they didn't pull the plug then. So you hope, okay, that model could be something else that the Bears could follow to where you know 10 wins. We asked Ryan Poles that directly, like, why is that enough to keep Matt Eberflus? And he believed in where this team's going, not just the leadership, but like the on-field product that they showed. Major improvement from the halfway point of the season once it all started to click. And so if you're giving if, – if they gave Dan Campbell that same, the, the same length of that leash, that, that's what the Bears are trying to apply, the Detroit model, if we want to call it that, to Matt Eberfloos. And if they can – if that can work out, then it should – they shouldn't not be able to follow this trajectory. And I'll say like one more thing on this. Like you should want mm-hmm. – you should want the NFC North represented in the Super Bowl. I think it. I think it's a huge. It would be an awesome opportunity because do you really want to see the same thing over and over again? You want to see San Francisco get there and lose to Mahomes? I don't.
0: Because I think that could happen. Or Baltimore is a great story as well yeah. with, with Lamar Jackson. I love the Raven story. You know why? You never see them on the bottom line and get up. There's no controversy there. Just a, a well-oiled machine. Nothing. Nothing's on the bottom line about them. Because they just go about business. Lions the same way, by the way, and I like that. Where they, they, you can't conjure up a topic of controversy over the Baltimore Re- Oh, that's right, because Lamar's great. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh, Detroit's a great story. No controversy there. They're just well-to-all machines. All right, 312-332-ESPN, three three two three seven seven six. 3776 Courtney and I want to find out from you about what Bleck said yesterday on Bleck and Abdallah. Says that he rooted for the Packers last week. Is it okay to root for a division rival? I'm rooting for the Lions. What about you? Let's talk about it on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Have I told you about Vivid Seats? Check off that New Year's bucket list with tickets from Vivid Seats, your home for every tackle, slap shot, and slam dunk. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Jack. Here's today's headline. Headline with Cap'n J Hood. Good morning, Chicago. The 7 a.m. hour of Cap'n J Hood is brought to you by the Comet Energy Efficiency Program. The White Sox announced their new television play-by-play voice. It's going to be John Schriffen. Schriffen has called college football and college. Basketball for ESPN in his career, and he's going to join us at 9 o'clock right here on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. Only two head coaches' vacancies remain in the National Football League, the Seahawks and the Commanders. And the Falcons hired Rams defensive coordinator radio Rahim morris yesterday also bill belichick interviewed twice for the falcons job and has no scheduled interviews remaining the nba unveiled their starters for the all-star game last night and made lebron james the first player in nba history to be on 20 all-star teams he surpasses kareem abdul jabbar with that and by the way no jalen brunson brunson no love for jalen brunson that guy is not a starter you know how great he's been with the knicks this year crazy NFL Conference Championship Weekend, the uh, Ravens and Chiefs, they kick things off Sunday at 2 o'clock. The Ravens are a four-point favorite in Baltimore. We'll have our picks coming up at 818. Also, the Lions and the 49ers will wrap things up after 530. It's going to be the Niners. Uh, they are seven-point favorites in Santa Clara. Bulls, they uh, lose to the Lakers 141 to 132.
2: Jack. Cap and J Hood are back.
0: Yes, what I thought I was out. They pull
1: me
2: back in. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago.
0: With Courtney Cronin in for Cap, I'm Jay Hood on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. We hope that you're going to have a great Friday and a great weekend. Phone lines open for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. We're wondering from you, is it okay to root for a division rival? Will you root for the Lions on Sunday? And the reason why we're asked that is specifically to Bears fans is because, for me, I'm all in. I'd like for the Lions to win because I want the Bears to feel that pressure. They already feel pressure to win. We know that. We've seen the press conferences from Warren and from uh, polls and others. But I just want to do that. Now, this is different than when the Milwaukee Bucks, Courtney, won the championship. And we had people saying, I feel like it's a Chicago championship. I feel like it's our champion. No, that's the Bucks championship if the lions get to the super bowl it's not the is that a chicago super bowl championship
2: wait why were people just because of the proximity to milwaukee yes
0: anything to be able to get some some shine of you know from milwaukee some championship gl- uh, glow
2: was that because of the one rumor that giannis wanted to come here that one time yeah okay yeah that's and, and also uh, just
0: and just because it's You know, for some, Milwaukee's that close to Chicago. It's like, I, I feel like we won a championship. No, you didn't. No, Milwaukee's different from Chicago. You know what I can tell? The tall buildings.
2: Would this be like the equivalent of, well, I guess that really wouldn't work because the Bears played the Colts. But like, hey, Indy's three hours <laughs> no. away. They won a Super Bowl. That's our Super Bowl, too. <laughs> no.
0: it's like, could you imagine Lovey Smith's uh, Bears <laughs> underachieves? Like, you know what? Indianapolis is close enough. I feel like a, I'm going to get a horseshoe. I'm going to get a horseshoe. I'm going to put, no, it's not your championship. But, but, but again, one of the rare times that I'm looking at and say, you know what? Yep. I like what the Lions are doing. I want the Bears to feel that pressure. So let's go to the phone lines to talk to you. 312-332-3776 is our telephone number. We go to Moni. Here is Bob and he's with us on Cap and J-Hood. Bob, good morning.
1: Good morning. I just wanted to say something about uh, fifteen minutes ago. You guys were talking, and you said we got to play golf twice a year. We got to play love twice a year. We got to play love twice a year. That's a defeatist attitude. You get to play them. You get better when you play better teams. A grandmaster didn't become a grandmaster by playing chess against Bob and Nogue. If you played Carolina seventeen games a season, you'd be seventeen and zero. You get to the playoffs. You get the crap kicked out of you. It's not a punishment. It's a privilege. You don't got to play them. You get to play
2: them. But, I mean, you literally do have to play them. I, th- I think that was our point, that they're on the schedule. Six of your 17 games are division rivals. And its I'm, I'm with you. I think you want to play the better teams, to whether they're in your division or not, to tell where you are as a football team. But, I, I mean, yeah, I guess it's a privilege, I guess. But, I mean, they also are, like, contractually obligated to play those teams, I think is what we were getting at.
0: Bobby, I guess you haven't seen a lot of uh, Bears football, especially as of late. It is a punishment to take on the Packers. (laughs) It is actually a punishment. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. Bob, we appreciate your telephone call. Zach is in Bradley on Cap and Jay Hood with Courtney Cronin in for Cap. Zach, good morning. Hey, good morning, crew, and everyone listening. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. So we jump into the conversation. I said, you know what, I'm going to watch this game, and I'm going to have a rooting interest in the Lions because of the story. What's your thoughts on this?
1: I just want to make it short and sweet. You can root for anyone in the NFC North you want, just not the Packers. FGB, baby.
0: Uh, what does that stand for, Zach? I can't say it on the air, <laughs> but I think you know. <laughs> all right, what about this game? What do you? What's your? What's your lean? You, you think Detroit San, or San Francisco? What's your lean?
1: I think San Francisco has the talent to win, but I think Lions are bringing all the heart.
0: There's something so to that. It's going to be a great game. There's something to that, isn't it, the about about yeah. the, like the momentum? Think about it. Two games at Ford Field. Never seen anything quite like that in, in Detroit for many, many, many years. And then just the way that they were able to win those games. And also I like the idea that Dan Campbell, when they do lose, puts it on himself and it gives you specifics. Mm-hmm. That's very rare. Hey, we lost the game, put it on me. That's usually an overall statement from coaches. That's usually the lament, like, yeah, yeah, we lost the game, put it on me, you know, it's on me. No, But he gives you specific plays, like, there's a play I called that was wrong, that's on me. You know, and you don't get that.
2: People got to see that, like, the national audience got to see that in the Thanksgiving game. What was it, the, the fake punt on 4th and twelve from, like, their own 30-something yeah. yard line? He's like, yeah, that was, I would take that back in a heartbeat, and... To watch him own it, to watch him, I'm not going to say he owns the success, like you own the failures, you put the success on everybody else when the team wins, you put the failures on yourself. There is something as far as like garnering goodwill with the public, with the fan base, that we didn't really see that from the Bears, from coaches. I mean, Justin Fields has always been the guy who is willing to say that's on me except for the time that it was coaching.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Not on but, him then.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, like, I noticed something from Luke Getzi remember that fourth and one with DJ Moore when they lined him up as a receiver, and it was like, okay, well, how come Fields did an audible out of that? Like, what happened on that play when they were in their own territory? That was the first time you had heard him say no. Like, that was that was on me. Mm-hmm. That was, like, week, week whatever that game was, week 15. Mm-hmm. First time. You had the whole season to get there. Matt Eberflus... I don't think has had those Dan Campbell moments. So where you haven't bought that goodwill with your fan base yet, and maybe you can't, maybe there's something I don't know about head coach strategy where it's like, man, if things are really going, you know, not in a good spot, don't go ahead and put yourself out there and wear the scarlet a on your chest. Just yet. You got to win before you can do that. But no, I think Dan Campbell's garnered a lot of fans that are not, you know, die, true, tried and true lions fan because of how he treats the, the perception around the team and how he really owns it, good or bad.
0: Guess what? You're never going to get that from Ibraflus. As a matter of fact, from all the sound that we hear, from all the press conferences you go to, I I've, I said this at the time, starting around week 14, uh, Ibraflus felt more empowered, actually more confident. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of backpedaling and, and you know I think bad PR and not or at least or the communication on some things were not was not great. It couldn't be. It wasn't at its best because. Eberflus got twisted on his words and some things. So, so obviously you mean
2: the time where Justin was doubtful, but he's out, but he's also doubtful because yeah. we're still giving in the next 24 hours to get himself right that time.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's bad, but you didn't get that. He, but he, I that, felt, wasn't no, that. No, that wasn't
2: all his fault. Don't no, say that. That wasn't all his fault. Well,
0: that's a, that's always a communication issue. Yeah. You know, no exactly. Kidding. Everyone knows what where that comes from. That's mm-hmm. not on him. That's how the circle of trust has to be tight. It's like politics. When you go out there and you take the podium, you better know your talking points. And so that was a problem. But I felt like he was more empowered toward the end of the season, almost like he had an insurance. Like, don't worry about it. You're good, Matt. You're right. So You're right. at least that's how it felt from this side of the desk. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. Al is on the road on Cap and J-Hood. Al, good morning. Hey, good morning to you. Great show.
1: Um, Thank number you. Number one, I'm not going to... Well, I don't really care about rooting for somebody's the a central division. I don't, I don't think that benefits the Bears in any way. I get your point, but I think our folks up in Hellas Hall, uh, from below, the McCaskies and below, are are completely clueless. I think Kevin Warren's just another mouthpiece for the McCaskies, uh, who's affluent in uh, just managerial talk speak. That doesn't really say a whole lot. I think their show of uh, their knowledge is when they bypass Jim Harbaugh uh, as coach to stick with Eberflus. You know, they're building something. Well, you know what I saw last year? I saw them lose to the Packers and the Packers. The bookend a season where their defense, did it look like it approved? Yeah, it did. But if you look at who they played and backup quarterbacks, uh, really to me it's not that impressive. I know they can only play who's on the schedule. You know, they come to the Packers. They got our hopes up at uh, week one. We're all rooting. We get crushed. We have our hopes up. Yeah, we'll knock the Packers out of the playoffs. How did that turn out? Guys were running wide open. No pass rush. No offense. You know, so I I didn't see their perceived improvement. You don't bypass. You get the best coach available. And when you don't, you bypass that. You say uh, you're sticking with Eberflus. That's like the absence of bad I don't, I don't know who said it. Absence of bad doesn't mean it's good. It's just—it's very disappointing. Was that, that on a, that's
0: a, all I got. Al? Was that on a bathroom wall? That quote. not a
2: fortune cookie I had last
0: week. <laughs> <laughs> a, the, you know, I've always said the fortune of bad. I, I, I don't know if I've, said, I've heard that one before, but I understand your point. Okay, so let's take one of the things that you said. So I'm with you on the head coaching situation because there, there is a such thing as being able to move forward with what you have and have continuity because that's exactly where the Bears are going. Continuity, sticking with Matty Refluz. However, when we break down all these quarterbacks and say, you know, the Bears have to be able to get one of these quarterbacks at some point, they got to be able to draft a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. You can't pass in the quarterback class twice. On the other side of the margin is, look at all these coaches. Courtney, we've never had these type of coaches available in the offseason. There's been firings. There's been Black Mondays before. But we've never had, I don't know, all-time great Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll and, and Mike Vrabel and so many others that are available. And the Bears did not bite. I equate to everything else in Chicago sports. If you upgrade your roster, why would you not upgrade your coaching coaching staff? Iber when he was hired, the day he was hired, I said at the time, I said, this is a transitional hire for what's next. That's what I said. I mean, it wasn't a gut reaction, just like Eberflus's name wasn't hot in the streets for a head coach. It was not at the time. It wasn't a five or six suitors for Matt Iberflus and his position as head coach, but here here he is. And I just think that's interesting that you have all these coaches when the, when the Cubs got Joe Madden, they upgraded. When the Sox got Ozzy Gann, they upgraded. When the um, Blackhawks got Quinville, they upgraded from Dennis Savard. Bears don't want to do that? Okay. You just better win. That's all. I disagree with it, but you better win. 312 332 3776 is our phone number. More of your phone calls coming up. Don't forget Shot or No Shot at 8 o'clock. All part of the mix on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. It's fr- 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 Friday. It's time to get it in for the weekend. Now back to Cap and J Hood. ESPN Chicago. Cap and J Hood. On ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app, Courtney Cronin in for Cap reminding you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com. Look for ESPN Chicago. Hit that subscribe button. That way you miss nothing. You don't miss the live shows. You don't miss the podcasts. All the extra content on YouTube, youtube.com. Look for ESPN Chicago. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. You know what's happening this weekend. The final four as we get closer and closer to the Super Bowl. Who are you rooting for? I, again, the Lions are a part of the NFC North. As I look at it, I want the Bears to look at that pressure and say, hey, the Lions are there. The Packers have been in the playoffs as well. I want the Bears to say, okay, we know what it takes. You can't make that statement of we're going to take the North and never give it back and never get the North. Can't have that, Cordy. you got you got to be able to take it at some point.
2: Well, and using the team that you face twice a year is a good way to start getting there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I look at it. I mean, maybe this is meat headed in my own right, because I think, honestly, I think the fans were like, no, nah, never root for the Bears or ever root for the Packers. Like whatever your NFC team is, yeah. NFC North team is that you're not going to just out of principle. Um, I don't want to see San Francisco get to the Super Bowl and then lose it again. I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes in a down year for that team just be able to rise above everybody else and beat the best team that's currently remaining, in my opinion, which is the Baltimore Ravens. I want to see teams that consistently along the way prove to you that they deserve to be at this, this stage, and that's what the Lions did. They battled their own adversity through the couple weeks where they, I mean, when they lost to Green Bay, when they lost to the Chicago Bears, when they struggled on the road, and they bounced back from that. To me it's 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 all of those things and it's wanting to see some newness in here, the new blood, and see that new blood break through, because then that shows all right, there is a path for teams who haven't been at this stage to get there if you follow the right model. And just because someone's in your division doesn't mean they're not worthy of being there. Like what are you gonna do? Like if you're if you're one of these people on our caller on our on our, you know, loaded caller line right now, mm-hmm. you gonna watch something else at two o'clock? Watch right. something else at five thirty. You know, if the, because the Lions are playing, I just I don't buy that.
0: No, I, I don't either. If you're a football fan, you're a football fan. Even if you're a Bears fan, and hey, you got a team in the NFC Central that's going to be playing, mm-hmm. as we were told last segment. Three one two three three two three seven seven six zero phone number. You know, you cover the uh, the Bears in the Central. You know this, right? Taking a bite
2: out of your Italian beef scent, uh,
0: sandwich. <laughs> I can't root for no NFC Central team there, Hood. <laughs> the Central, and how come Tampa isn't there? That's weird. <laughs> Aurora, Colorado, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Ken on Cap and J-Hood. Ken, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you guys doing today? We are great. Uh, you looking for that's, a football weekend? I'm, we're looking forward to on Sunday. That's it. It's baseball starting in a couple of weeks. What football? I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course, I, I'm going to be watching football this weekend. <laughs> Thank you, Ken, for the phone call.
2: I mean, but, it's not wrong, but that's not where anyone's focus is today.
0: Yeah, but... You called in for football, Ryan and my prospect on Captain J Hood. Ryan, good morning. Good morning,
1: Hoodie. Good morning. I, well, I honestly, I don't mind Packers,
0: Vikings, Lions. Is rooting for this weekend. If any of them were in, it's not a big deal to me because the Bears are so far off, and I don't really get why it really matters right now. Um, I will say this: I wanted them to hire Harbaugh, but I don't. I'm not going to make a big thing out of it. I do not like the fact that they did the most Bears thing possible, which is say you know, hey, we're keeping these guys because of continuity when you can't fire your whole offensive staff, draft a new quarterback, and say, hey, we got that continuity going. They didn't. The fact they couldn't interview anybody, even if it was just to get information, and I just, I'm completely perplexed by that. I know you guys usually both have really good opinions. Uh, Hoodie, I'd be interested to hear, do you think there's any particular reason they just said, we're not even going to do any interviews. I would feel better if they said we, we're going to run it back when we talk to five or six people. It's a Ryan Pace move. I talk to Trubisky. Why would I have to talk to this uh, Pat uh, Mahams, whatever his name is? Let's just stick with these guys. <laughs> Well, okay. All right. So as far as the, if he's talking about the head coaching position, mm-hmm. again, Ryan, just think about it practically. If you're going to fire Matt Eberflus, then fire him on you know during the week of Black Monday, and then you look at the list of coaches, and then you do that. You don't say we're going to talk to all these coaches behind the scenes, and then say we can't come to a consensus. All right, you know what, Eberflus, you're back. It's you have to be able to be forthright and say, "Yep, yeah, we're going to draw a line at this. We can be better at the head coaching position, which the Bears can, by the way. They could definitely upgrade." And you do it that way. You don't do the behind the scenes work and saying. Hey, I'm going to hire you. All right, can we come to terms? We can't come to terms? All right, Matt, you're back. Because you know it's a small circle. Iberflus would know that. He'd know that he's not safe. So, no, you can't do it that way. You have to look at it. I would have done it this way. Matt, thank you for your time. You gave, gave us from three wins to seven wins. Great. We're letting you go. We're letting Luke Getze go. We don't have a defensive coordinator, so we don't have to worry about that. And we're going to upgrade with all these coaches that are available. We're going to pick one of these guys. Of Rabel, uh Carol, whomever, Jim Harbaugh, and go that way. That's what I would have done.
2: Put yourself in Ryan Pohl's shoes for a minute. It's he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. And if he it, well, that question was asked, did you speak to Jim Harbaugh? And he like was like, No, Jim Harbaugh's the coach at Michigan right now. If you say because of how like grandiose his statements and support have been on Matt Eberflus, his leadership. He got us through this, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, out of the other side of your mouth, you're like, no, yeah, we also checked out these coaches. We talked to Jim Harbaugh's agent. We talked to these. Like, we're it, it doesn't make it sound like Matt Eberflus is your guy. Yes, like, You can't do it that way. You like, you have to go all in one direction or another. They chose a direction that might not be the most popular among this fan base, but there's no way that you can half step this, and and be looking. It, it, you can't you can't treat Matt Eberflus like your side chick in those moments. Be like, well, you're good enough. Like if I can't find an upgrade somewhere else, I'm going to stay with you. Like you have to go all in on that because then it looks like you truly. If you're looking at other coaches, it doesn't look like you have that confidence that you say you do, that you have repeatedly said you do about Matt Eberflus. Now. Ryan Poles did not have to come on every pregame show and every time he was asked about Matt Eberflus, give that vote of confidence dating back to you know the the emergency press conference number one going mm-hmm. into week three and yes. emergency press conference number two at the trade deadline. He didn't have to do that. He chose to do that. It would look real bad if he ended up going back on that and being like, yeah, well, we also looked at these coaches, but we do really like Matt. We're going to stick with Matt.
0: Shot or no shots in two minutes on Cap and Jay Hood.